0: The Ambassadors' receptions are noted in society for their hosts' exquisite
1: taste. Excellent. Monsieur, Luis
0: Rocher, you're really spoiling us.
1: Hi, look, I just... And I think uh, we should be protecting brilliant civil servants from that kind of publicity. Hello and welcome to the Lib Dem podcast. Uh, I'm John Potter, no Richard this week, uh, and we are going to be doing a review of all the various political goings on over the last week. For all those who have tuned in, we are extremely thankful. We're now getting hundreds of people listening, which is amazing, and you can continue to do so on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or any other way you get your podcast. If it isn't on one of those ways, let us know and we'll make sure it goes onto your stream. Uh, and if you've got a chance, give us a like, give us a review, because uh, it allows other people to find us more easily. And I'm excited. Richard's off uh, campaigning in the Brecken and Radnor shirt, so I'm joined by Lisa Smart.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Very, very welcome. So uh, for all those who don't know who Lisa is, who are you, by the way? Um, but Lisa is, <laughs> and this is a long list, Lisa. This is, I, I kind of did a bit of research. So this is, oh you're a local council, Deputy Leader of the Stockport Lib Dems, Regional Lead Peer for the Local Government Association, a School Governor, Lib Dem Parliamentary Candidate for the Target seat of Hazel Grove, and a former Chief Exec of an International Development Charity. Oh, that was very difficult to do in one breath.
0: <laughs> that's me, yes. I keep myself uh, into or out of mischief as appropriate.
1: Brilliant. And you can follow everything about Lisa. Uh, she is at Lisa underscore smart on I am. Twitter. And if you want to go to her Facebook page, it is at LisaSmartLibDem uh, on Facebook, and you can follow all her goings on there. Um, so this episode, we're going to do a little bit of a run-through of what's been happening in politics. If you want to follow anything we're talking about or ask us any questions or comments, feel free to follow the Lib Dem podcast on all social media at, at LibDemPod. Pod. And we'll now get on with the pod, and I suppose... What should we talk about first, Lisa? What has been your big news story of the week?
0: I think it's it's another one of those weeks where, in normal times, there would have been 12 stories which would have dominated the press and all media for weeks and weeks. And this has been one of those weeks where they've just been one after another after another. Mm-hmm. Um, the Panorama documentary midweek um, about the Labour Party and some of the problems they're having in, in difficulty in dealing with some of those problems particularly around anti-semitism that's it, a really it really
1: was a shocking documentary it was uh, and it's almost the worst part about it is, is that the Labour Party were briefing against it before they'd even seen yeah. it which was you could just tell it when when whether it's an organisation or a political party when you start pre-briefing something you know it's probably not going to be a great day for you.
0: It was a grim watch it really was and I I was trying to think about how I would feel if I had joined a party because I felt there were shared beliefs there and I'd worked really hard to to get people elected who shared my values, who I thought were making the world a better place. And then that was happening in the party and I it was really hard. And I can imagine that there are lots of people who... Are not anti Semites yeah. in Labour, and I, mean, I would, um, who are really struggling with that, I could mm. see how that would be really, really hard.
1: And it came up in Preston where uh, a notice of motion had put towards council about hate crime, mm. including anti Semitism and Islamophobia, and it was dropped the day before Chris Williamson was announced he was going back into the party before then being put again. So you can just imagine some of the Labour councillors who, oh, I have absolutely no doubt, were putting that in for the best intentions but actually withdrew it because they thought, we're, we're just in for a, a kicking regardless of anything we do at the moment.
0: I think it's just, it. it's very dark stuff. It's yeah. really dark stuff. And they say anti-Semitism is a really light sleeper. And as somebody who's descended from Jewish people mm. who fled the Nazis, yeah. it's... It's too light a sleeper, and I think yeah. we need to all, everybody, regardless of whether you're involved in politics or not, stand up when we see this stuff and say that that's not okay.
1: And I, I think one of the most terrifying stories I saw was not from Panorama, but from I to say, probably a month or so ago, I was probably watching Newsnight, and they said, and said, oh, Jewish families know to have a suitcase ready. Yeah. And that's the kind of background to this, and and it the way... Labour have dealt... They couldn't have dealt with it any worse. Mm. Yeah, and that's the problem. And, and the good people within Labour, within the Labour Party, are now completely stuck in the middle. And I do wonder if this is now starting to affect the Corbyn aura within mm. the Labour... I mean, there's still the absolute fanboys. But it, where Labour go and how they've dealt with it, I just—it's it, just, it's dragged on for three years. It,
0: uh, yeah, I think for at least 3 years i would say mm. i would agree with you on that i think there are people who are not involved in politics but who vote and take their vote really seriously and you can imagine how they would look and think well if they can't sort this out yeah. how on earth can they sort out the country there are many many big issues yeah. not least how communities in- integrate with one another how communities uh, how individuals behave within their community and i think it's really hard it would be hard for people who maybe were somewhat Labour-minded to say, well, if they can't manage this and they're making such an appalling mess of this, yeah. and the message that sends to people about what they see as important, how can they run the country?
1: And it just goes into the narrative of Labour not being ready for office. And that's, there's, you know, whether it's Brexit, whether it's anti-Semitism, there's a whole kind of that It doesn't seem like a robust party that's ready to move on from just being a happy opposition, even though mm. they can't get that right either. So I, I mean, the, the problems within Labour are now. I saw about that. We've got probably the worst government, yeah, in terms of polling, in such a long time, probably since the, the 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 scandals before Blair came in, and Labour still can't make any movement on him. I mean, Corbyn now has the worst ratings of any opposition of all time.
0: And you can see why.
1: Yeah.
0: When you look at any competent main opposition would mm. be able to make mincemeat yeah. of the, the current government and what's likely to come as the next government. And it's really, it's unusual, and I think we're all very unlucky in this country at having the worst government and the worst opposition mm. in living memory.
1: And that's why I think politics is so so fractured at the moment, Mm. because very, very, very few times I can ever remember that an opposition and a governing party are both split, and and dysfunctional.
0: But there's there's So, so all political parties are coalitions of people who can generally coalesce around a set of core values. At the moment, you're looking at the Conservative Party and the Labour Party, and all you can see is splits, and all you can see is factions, and that's not healthy for democracy. As a Liberal Democrat, I look at our party, I look at our leadership election that we've got going on, I look at the newly elected Lib Dem councillors kicking ass and getting stuff done in their area for their residents, and of course I feel, my goodness me, I'm in the right place, Yeah. but also I feel really proud that we're united around a set of values and that we're united in getting stuff done, and it it must be horrible, genuinely yeah. horrible, to be one of those decent people in other parties at the moment. Where you're trying to get stuff done and you went into all of this with the best of intentions and the best hopes. Mm. And it's you just can't get stuff done that you want to get done because everybody around you is tearing strips out of one another.
1: Yeah, but you mentioned about uh, Lib Dem counsellors and working on what we should say, and I meant to do it at the top of the of the episode but I forgot, is... Congratulations uh, to the Bridlington North people in Yorkshire, in the East Riding Authority, who are the, the back... Liberal heartland mm, the of liberal... Bridlington North. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it was a. So what happened on Thursday this week uh, was that Mike Heslop Mullins had an absolute monster mm. win from and against the Tories, winning a seat off the Tories in Yorkshire, um, getting 43% of the vote, having not even stood a yeah. candidate last time round. Uh, so congratulations to, to Mike and that team. That's all, always great to share good news. But it also highlighted, did you see the... The drop in the Tory and Labour vote—it mm. was a, it, the combined drop was sixty-nine percent.
0: It's in the East Riding, isn't it? And yeah. this is an area where, by and large, um, Leave was the the winner in the referendum mm. there. And I think it's it's really encouraging as a Lib Dem. I think it's really encouraging for democracy because I think it it shows a point that we Lib Dems have banged on about mm. since the dawn of time that if you uh, work with your community on issues they care about, talk to them and listen to them about stuff they care about, sometimes they'll vote for you.
1: Yeah. And
0: I think it's really encouraging for us as a party, and for the people of Bridlington, but for us as a party to see this sort of result coming this week.
1: And, and, and it highlights not only the, the mantras that people at ALDC and... Uh, other organisations with the Lib Dem say about you know picking a an ward and win it, but also just standing a candidate. Yeah. That's it. You, know, that, you you never know what can happen in politics and and we, we now know what's coming up is that the Brexit Party are going to have their first local party by-election candidates coming up, I think in Gloucester. Um, so that will be an interesting mm. dynamic in itself, because it will be the first time, because the Brexit Party aren't going to do anything without a local government base. So this will be the first time they're doing something, so it will be interesting.
0: It really will. Uh, we've seen a couple of Councillors and i don 't know if it 's more than that have defected from other parties mm. to the brexit party haven 't we but they haven 't won an election no. yet a local election,
1: election? Yeah. no so it, it, no so I mean where the shifts of politics go I mean the brexit party is going to be part of that now whichever leader uh, the Tories choose or whichever Boris the Tories choose mm. um, and that kind of leads us on to one of the, one of the other the, the other huge story which Kind of could seem a little bit of a kind of a Westminster politics bubble sort of story, but the the sacking of Sir Kim Daric, the the ambassador for the US, is actually very scary for any politician that believes in the the sanctity of the civil service and then being able to be do a neutral job. It was a very very ugly affair.
0: Yeah, so it was an enforced resignation, I think, rather than a sacking, and yeah. I think it's well. We're through the looking glass in terms of diplomacy by Twitter, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. And having read around this issue all throughout this week, it's there are only so many people who could have leaked this information yeah, yeah. Uh, on the diplomatic telecoms, yeah. and most fingers point towards senior politicians yeah. as the likely
1: or possible. Has Gavin Williamson been accused <laughs> yet? I don't know. But yeah, but the way it kinda of played out, I mean I've always taken the position whatever decisions are made, it's never the officers' fault. Yeah. In a council, whether that's obviously people like ambassadors, the politicians have to take charge of it. He has done so Kim, has done exactly what His an ambassador job. should do, yeah. is give a, a... And you can just imagine what the American ambassadors are saying about Brexit to their counterparts over in Quite. Washington. Um, so the idea that, A, well, Trump has a hissy fit about anything, so it's not really a, a good guide to what's outrage and what isn't. But you have to protect the neutrality of the civil service, otherwise they won't do their job, and then we all suffer as a consequence. Yeah, agreed. Um, so where that leads, I mean, do we want to talk about the Tory party or, and the I leadership? Think, I we... think we probably
0: should, it's only polite. Yes. Um, we're, they are in the process of electing the next leader of the Conservative Party. This person will be the Prime Minister for however long, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Lots of people are talking about the possibility of an autumn general election. Yeah,
1: Will the, will the Tories do that until they fix the boundaries, do you think? So oh.
0: I, um, the one thing that unites the Conservative Party is the, the fundamental... Belief that the Conservative Party should be running things, and I think going into an election in the autumn, where they don't need to, but they might quite like to, um, get a mandate, whether they will or not, Mm. is um, is for the voters to decide, not for you and me. It gets to something when our best hope is Jeremy Hunt. It really does. Yeah, we're in a dark place. I
1: mean, I mean, some Lib Dems just dismiss Boris completely. But you've got to be aware of the fact that he makes Tories feel good. Mm. And a lot of campaigning, as you know, is believing that you can win. And and I think there may be a Boris bounce. Now, whether that's enough for the Tories to think, actually, we're not going to get a better chance to have a general election than that, I don't know. Mm. Um, but I, I can't... I don't know. I still think the Tories would wait for boundary changes before yeah. doing it. Yeah, so
0: I, I think whoever... Becomes the leader of the Conservative Party and whichever of the candidates would have become the leader, they would have had a small bounce. Yeah. I think just how people work, because there's not really been a government for a while. Mm-hmm. They've been in this holding pattern for a leadership election. The Theresa May era was not the Conservative Party's finest hour. And I think people will be looking at something new and they'll, whoever it, it is or would have been would get a bounce. Yeah. How, that, how long that lasts, how big that is and how long mm. that lasts, I don't know. I think you're right, they might think about it for the autumn because we've got the next Brexit deadline being the back end of yeah. October and we've got varying degrees of certainty about it's do or die. Yeah. We'll drive the bus off the edge of a cliff just to make sure I get elected Selected as the leader and then elected as...
1: It'd be interesting, I mean, mean, how likely do we think that no deal is now? Increasingly. Right now, if you were to to put your money on it right now, are we leaving on October 31st?
0: No. Uh, Partly because I think the Commons will do something, even if it's revoke, which is what I'd like um, MPs to do, because it's... It's been tried, it hasn't worked, let's do something else. Let's stop Brexit, let's concentrate on all the other things that matter to our communities, to our country. I think that there is a majority against no deal. What that might mean though, and I think look at some of the Labour MPs who've repeatedly voted against a deal, does that mean they would vote for... The lipstick on a pig of the existing deal, so an existing deal, the existing deal tied up with a bow, would they mm. vote for that? Maybe, actually, because yeah. they think it's better than no deal.
1: Oh, apart from uh, Caroline Flint, who said, oh, well, Caroline Flint, to be fair to her, said she would rather have no deal than revoke. Mm. Now, and the numbers are so tight in the Commons now yeah. that even a couple of Caroline Flint's from the Labour side.
0: Exactly.
1: I, I call it, and that's why the, the Brecon and Radnorshire by-election is so important. It, I mean, there was a vote this week that was one by one. Yeah. This was a, the, the Dominic Grieve um, uh, a motion. Again, it was all to do with no deal and making sure Parliament's not yeah. uh, parodied and all the rest of it. So It was
0: about making sure that a report comes on a regular basis and that means that Parliament can't be parodied because that report has to come. Yes. And we're in... So the people who are having a very good Brexit are those constitutional yeah. experts. Dominic Grieve
1: is, is become like a kind of a, a rock star Remainer for, for, for himself. Yeah, but the
0: bar's in a particular place, isn't it? Yeah. But it's the people who understand the rules and who know how to use the rules are having a very good Brexit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and so we move on from uh, Brexit to... The EU Parliament obviously has sat for the first time, uh, and sat since we did our last uh, podcast, myself and Richard, uh, and Brexit party shenanigans seems to be the, okay. the main one. Now, is it best to ignore or to, to criticise and expose their stupidity and their ridiculousness? Because they love the attention.
0: Of course they do. You I, don't behave like that if you're not looking for attention. Exactly.
1: So I mean, it was a similar argument when you know when the BMP won their MEPs and then they were put on a position mm. on question time. There's a big argument to be had: is do you confront these views, but are you then giving them oxygen? So what's your opinion? So you on- are
0: you are giving them oxygen, yeah. um, evidently. However, the daylight is a very good disinfectant, and I. I understand why some people have very, very fixed views on this. My sense is that you take people on and take on the arguments and you play the ball um, in these discussions. That's my sense. Does that mean you're going to get everywhere, get anywhere all the time? Absolutely not. And we've all had conversations on the doorstep where it's just a a waste of everybody's time for you to go round and round in circles. And I
1: think the Blair years showed us that even if those sorts of views have been kind of Marginalised, they simmer in the background. Again, a bit like yourself, my view, more often than not, is to challenge it yeah. because the all because they're not being, um, you're not ch- if you refuse to challenge them, they get oxygen yeah. anyway.
0: I agree with you and I think you challenge it best on the doorstep, you challenge it best on the streets and you challenge it best by getting stuff done with your community in your community. Yeah. And I think pointing from the outside and going you're all wrong and let me list the number of ways in which you're wrong is rarely a very effective way of persuading people round to your way of, of thinking. And I think getting stuck in with your community and being part of that community is how we best represent those communities.
1: Okay. All right. Very good. I'm trying to think. of anything else of massive notice happened this week, it seems like a, it seems like we've had a lot. But now I'm struggling to think of anything else we can talk about. We've been very succinct with these. You don't ramble as much as Richard (laughs) is is actually what I'm saying.
0: Again, there's a bar in a particular place there, (laughs) isn't there? Well, we should probably talk about the Lib Dem leadership election, which is the most civilised, some may say dull, uh, election that's going on at the moment. We've got two cracking candidates. Mm. And I think, again, thinking about am I in the right place? Yes, I am when I look at at both Joe and Ed. And I'd be proud to have either of them as my leader and I'd be proud to try and get either of them elected as our next Prime Minister.
1: I think one of the the, the things that's come out of that I've noticed the most is people saying... Bloody hell, this is a really difficult decision, which is a fantastic. What thing a great to position have to be in. Yeah.
0: yeah. I heard somewhere this week and I can't quite remember where that one of the camps had estimated that turnout was about a third. Yeah. So yeah, I saw there, that as well. Yeah. Which I think is really quite interesting. And mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that is people having to think about
1: it. Yeah. I don't actually not know. Yet making their minds up. I don't know what the average turnout for a Lib Dem leadership is, actually. That would be
0: higher than that, or in yeah. previous years it's been higher than that. There is of course some thinking about this has been a primarily online ballot Mm, so if the party has a functioning email address for you it will ask you to vote online if it doesn't have an email address for you or you've opted out of emails it will send you a paper ballot and i i think that can as we know um different methods of voting have an impact on turnout figures yeah so I wonder about that, but it, I think it will go up from there. There's still uh, a week or two to go,
1: and they've got the uh, the, the debate that's going on, that's happening uh, uh, on the BBC. So maybe some people are waiting to see, do so. you, yeah. have a watch, see what's happening under under some questioning. Do you, do you think the contest has actually been interesting? Do you think we do you think we've tested them enough?
0: I've been to a couple of hustings. I went to the North West hustings and I also went to the unofficial hustings that took place at ALDC's Kickstart weekend. So we
1: both went to the same ones. That's quite useful. We (laughs) did.
0: Um, I think that in the style of Lib Dems, there were lots of questions about policy. And actually, Mm -hmm. there's not that many differences between Joe and Ed on policy. No. For me, the more interesting questions that were asked were about strategy and about how we take the party forwards and where we go from here and about approach, so things like how the Lib Dems work with other parties, yeah. how we um, should campaign alongside people with whom we agree on some things, but not on everything. And I think that those sorts of areas have been quite um, instructive.
1: Yeah. Because that's going to be the big issue coming forward, because, you know, I, I mean, our policies that we've got forward, obviously, the, the, they do change and they tweak and they evolve, etc. But actually, we've been campaigning for certain yeah. things for a very long time. Now, I don't know if you want, I mean, have you come out in publicly yeah, yeah, in favour? Yeah,
0: I'm supporting Joe. Okay. And I'd be happy with either. I think they're both yeah. really good candidates, but I'm supporting Joe. For a number of reasons, but the main one is I think she has a more ability to reach out to people who are not yet Lib Dems, those people who don't yet realise they're Lib Dems, and she can communicate with them. I think in in a a more accessible way.
1: And it is interesting that we've seen a couple of barbs being thrown Joe's way from Corbyn, from the (laughs) SNP, and as you expect. But maybe that's a sign is that. Maybe they think she's going to win as well. That's that Anna?
0: Gandhi quote? First they ignore you, then mm, they laugh at you, yeah. then they fight you, then you win?
1: Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, right, brilliant, there you go. There you go, that's our <laughs> challenge to the leaders. Um, but no, I think the leadership contest has been good. I think uh, it's been so refreshing compared to the Conservative one. I mean, you're right, maybe it has been a little bit dull in terms of it hasn't got headlines, but actually you can make headlines after the fact mm. when your leader's in and you can go out there and get your point. I think an election where there isn't yellow on yellow kind of fighting is, and no calamity Clegg sort of incidents is has been refreshing.
0: Yeah, I think we'd be lucky to have either of them. I think they both do they've both got real strengths they've both got weaknesses because they're human beings mm. um, and I'm
1: I kind of want to see the result, though. Then. I do. I do think. I think the difference I've to in. I I have voted for Joe. No, I've, I did that. I I mean, I was um, I I always thought I was going to vote for Joe, and then actually, to be fair to Ed, he had a really really strong two hustings, yeah. and I was there. I and I think Ed's main strength is his um, his very technical thought process has come come out of it, and even even things where he's been testing things that are quite awkward, such as his. The initial, um, when he was in coalition, his work with fracking companies. Mm. Uh, and actually, how he then explained, look, he put the regulations in that meant the fracking that's happened, that had to be stopped just around the corner mm. from where we live here, um, was an important point where the fracking industry couldn't get past it. Mm. Um, so again, it's about being in the room and doing some good rather than shouting from the outside. Um, but no, but I did, I have voted for Joe. Um, just but, in the
0: interest of balance I have family members who have voted for Ed yes, who are and, actively campaigning and, and, for Ed and so
1: and if Richard was here he has come out publicly in favour of Ed as well and, uh, and like I said I think Ed has t- had a better campaign than I thought he was going to have and actually I think it's going to be closer than I thought it was going to be as well and suppose uh, a final thought the best gift we could give a new leader is again to win the Brecon and Radnorshire yeah. by-election so um, it's now only in the final couple of weeks of that election, it is, I so think.
0: postal votes arrive next weekend.
1: Yes, that's right. So this is the key part of the election. I'll be there in the final week. I'll be probably doing some podcasts as well as you know doing what I should be doing, which is knocking on doors and campaigning and make sure we win, because there's an expectation that Lib Dems win now.
0: So I went the fir- We had a carload from Stockport. Went the first weekend the by election was called. So after the recall result was known. And we were made we went to the Clan Dodd Office, and we were made extremely welcome in the way that you are made welcome at a by-election, which is to be given a very large pile of tabloid newspapers <laughs> to deliver. So we were that was exactly what we were hoping for and expecting. And we had a lovely day. We were made really good use of because there's, there are few things worse than turning up and there not being anything to do. So yeah. I can assure you there will be something yeah. for you to do. And it's probably worth spending a minute for those people who maybe have never been to a by-election before and explaining why it's a really good thing to do. Yeah. So you learn stuff. You see from some of the party's best campaigners what a campaign at pace and at volume looks like. You've part of something. And that rarely do people join... A political party just to deliver leaflets it's no. to be part of something it's to make change yeah. it's to win elections in lots of cases this is a winnable by-election
1: yeah we could, need people we probably couldn't have had a more ideal by-election for where we are be, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but yes it's
0: it is within it's up to us whether we win this and that's yeah. i think um what makes it a really interesting by-election the sheer scale of the constituency hmm. means that more people are needed. Yeah, and so if you're listening to this before polling day or even on polling day, and find that you're able to go to Clondard or the other office in the place, which I can't remember, but it's in the south of the constituency. Well,
1: it's in Brecon, isn't it? It's in actually, Brecon, it's in itself, actually yeah,
0: Brecon itself. Yeah, I, I would really recommend going. It is a great experience. You will want to be part of a winning campaign and you will not want to kick yourself the morning after if we lose by two votes yeah, get yourselves right. to Brecken and Ravdesha
1: and, and on that note uh, we will uh, end this podcast I mean for all of you who ask questions of Lisa we are keeping her here don't worry we are going to be doing a whole uh, episode about Lisa's experience as a target candidate and we've got your questions to ask her so she's been uh, brilliant that like she's going to stay on and do that but this was just our kind of review of the weekly goings on of the week we hope you've enjoyed it as always, you can, uh, again, follow us on social media at, at libdenpod Do subscribe, give us a, a like and a rate. And uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll uh, catch you again next time.